Welcome to Book Talk for Book Talk, a literary podcast where we've been deep diving into your favorite novels. This is Jack. And I'm Amy. And our listeners love to share their thoughts and theories via email and voicemail, so we're sharing them via our weekly mini-episodes. The views expressed by the hosts and listeners are entirely their own and in no way represent the thoughts or intentions of the original author. This podcast is a discussion shared to spark thought and conversation on the characters and themes of this novel. Spoilers may be discussed with or without warning. Explicit language, as well as themes of sex, violence, abuse, death, and depression will recur throughout this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to our mini-episode series. During each mini, we'll be reading listener feedback and theories, as well as discussing all things Sarah J. Mass, including her Akatar, Crescent City, and Throne of Glass series. Today, we're going to start with a message from Twigganut. In her message, she says, Early in Season 2, you guys talk about Feyre's dreaming of Under the Mountain and Amarantha when she arrives in Valoris, and how it's weirdly sexual. Later, you also talk about how you think that there might be a lot of thoughts leaking unintentionally through the bond between Feyre and Reese. What if Feyre's experiencing Reese's dream through the bond, and that's why the dream is unusually sexual in nature? Feyre's trauma from Under the Mountain was never sexual in nature, but you know whose trauma was? That's Reese. And Reese even mentions later that Amarantha would have done horrible things to Feyre if she had suspected their connection. Mm. I actually just recently re-listened to that episode. That's episode five in season two, where Amarantha has mm-hmm. the knife to her throat and then stabs her like under the breast or in the ribs or whatever it is. Yeah. I I heard that before, I think, somewhere on TikTok. I love the idea that she's in Reese's mind. My my one thing is that Farrah's in her own body, and if she was in Reese's mind, I think she'd see herself in his body. That's fair. I honestly could go either way. I would need to go back and look at the actual text. We know it's possible for them to be in each other's dreams because mm-hmm. Reese was in Farrah's dreams in the first book, in yeah. Thorns and Roses. So we know that's possible. But he was a shadowy presence or a wolf or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head. He was shadowy. Shadowy. It's like lurking in the background. Yeah. Correct. So to your point, Jack, if Farrah is experiencing this dream in her body then it's less likely to be Rhysand's. But I actually like the idea that it might have been Rhysand's dream and her experiencing it through him. I don't know. I, I agree. I, I'm i not one way or another. I really do like the idea of, like, I, I love the idea, idea that it's Reese's trauma. Mm, but <laughs> big fan. It begs the question, why was Feyre's dream so sexual? Well, we had we had an answer, a we potential did. answer. And that was that Reese had just opened up to Farah about the abuse that he experienced from Amarantha. And I think that it's also reasonable to say that she had it in mind and she was empathizing with him. And again, but I'm not saying that that's what it actually was either. It's we can go either way. They're great, great observations and thoughts. Yeah. And it makes the book interesting when you think of it from all these different perspectives. Yeah. I would love SJM to tell us, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. This next email is from Courtney. In episode six, you discuss Reese taunting Farah about Cassian. Do you think that Reese avoided introducing Farah to Cassian and Asriel sooner than he did because he didn't want to hear the thoughts in Farah's head upon seeing the two of them? That's, that's funny. At Calamite, he heard what she said about him being the most beautiful man she's ever seen through the bond. Did he wait to introduce them to her only after he trained her to shield so he wouldn't have to hear her call the two of them beautiful too? 
like a jealousy suppressant. And since he wasn't able to hear what she thought about them, was he fishing for a response or an emotion when they were going to the weaver's cottage? I think this is hilarious. This makes me giggle. Yeah. When I think back on our discussion from that episode during season two, we talked about Resand distracting Feyre mm-hmm. because she's about to do, do this really dangerous thing. She's yep. probably terrified. I do think Reese is probably genuinely curious. In a jealous, I don't like your answer way. Yes. Yeah. Like, would you fuck Cassian if he gave you the chance? <laughs> I feel like we don't really appreciate how insecure Reese was. Yeah. And how not confident he was in Farah in his dynamic and relationship with Farah. Mm-hmm. He thought he wasn't worthy of love. He thought that there was no chance that she would love him. So in those early, early days, yeah, I do think there was a lot of avoidance. But I'm also wondering if there's, I don't know if he's worried about what Farah's thinking. I think he'd be more worried about what Cassian and Azriel are thinking. Interesting. Because he do- it doesn't take much to see in Farah's mind. She's a broken human being. She's really upset. But what happens if you find out that your two best friends that you consider brothers are interested in her? Yeah. Like, the, I think that ends up being the harder one. Like, he, he doesn't have to worry. Fair is a broken, broken woman. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. So Moore is the only member of the inner circle who meets Feyre prior to Valaris. Would Cassian and Azriel have ever met Feyre if Feyre had never demanded that Reese take her to Valaris when she did? And that's what this question is, right? Yeah. Reese kept Feyre separate and made her learn how to shield her mind. And yeah, what is that motivation? I mean, I find that to be because they're scary. <laughs> they're big, scary men. And Pharaoh was extremely vulnerable. Yeah. And she was in a really vulnerable, weak spot that, yeah, you don't, it doesn't matter how hot they are. You know, you don't want these two ginormous guys to come in and mess with her. I mean, she just would come into his home and just kind of read and hide all the time. Right. More is the safest choice to bring in and just say, like, okay, how do you do with an outside person? Also, it makes sense to you'd want a woman to be there to guide her in. She's leaving a domestic violence situation. That is true. I'm also going to play devil's advocate and speak to the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Farrah has no reason to like Reese. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. She doesn't see how bad her situation is with Tamlin yet. Let's say Cassian was around. Cassian's funny and charming. Yeah. yeah. And if Feyre really is on the I hate Rhysand ship, mm-hmm. it'd be very easy to fall in love with Cassian instead of Reese. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, that's assuming that Feyre's after months of healing because it does take her time to even begin to like Reese. So, you know, in this hypothetical months have gone by and she still hates Reese. Then yes, I could see that happening. But that's why I go back to I always found it Reese being more worried about Cassian and Azriel than he is about Farah. Interesting. Because you don't have to worry about the broken girl. <laughs> Poor Farah. Poor Farah. It's like she's barely hanging on. Oh my. But what you do gotta worry about are the two hot horny guys. That's fair. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Our next message comes from Katie. In season one, episode eight, it was discussed whether Resan loved Farah in their interaction, which led to the bargain. You both agreed he did not love her at this point and went on to speak about his potential disappointment due to the male gaze. However, in Mist and Fury, Reese states he fell in love with Feyre during the first trial against the worm. So, knowing that information, I do like to go back and contemplate why Reese was so harsh toward Feyre when he visited her cell that night. Reese knew Feyre needed to have some sort of motivation to make it through the next two trials. Could it be that he was trying to motivate her by feeding her hatred? 
He knows he has a connection to her and plans the bargain accordingly. He makes the bargain so she eventually has to spend time with him in the future, which not only sets up the next book, but also provides a sense of hope for Feyre. The hope comes from the fact that at least someone thinks it's worthwhile to make plans for after her trials are completed. I do believe Reese is willing to do whatever is necessary to earn his freedom back and ultimately return to Volaris where his family is. My belief is that he's probably harsh towards Feyre because he knows this human needs motivation. He's motivated to return to his family, and he knows this window of opportunity closes in a short amount of time. I think Reese is more focused on returning to his family, his love for his family, than he is about making a bond with Feyre. He probably recognizes his feelings for her are not useful at this time and shoves them aside, which brings us back to the nature of his bargain for her, forcing her to spend time with him. He essentially plans to address his feelings later with this bargain. Does that mean his actions are forgivable, though? That was so good. There were so many thoughts there. There's a lot of points to think about. Okay, (laughs) I'm trying to collect everything in my head. So the first one I'm going to address is why does Reese act the way he does when he goes and sees her? I feel like that's him lashing out. I think that we've seen him lose his cool before. And it's the same way that we talk about in season three with Wings and Ruin uh, with Cassian and how he kind of lashes out at Farah or just doesn't like the way that, you know, he's not really kind to her when he sees her. I think there's something about like, I care for you so much and you're in pain, and I'm mad at you for it. (laughs) As Jack has told me before. You, my mom, I just get mad at all of you for hurting (laughs) yourself. You didn't even do it on purpose. I agree with you, Jack. I also think this thought from Katie is an interesting one. What if Reese's motivation is he's desperate to get home? He might be in love with her, but he can't do anything about that love because she's in love with Tamlin. So... Let's just make sure we all live so I can get home Mm -hmm. and then I'll figure out our feelings later. It's an interesting take on his motivation and what he's doing. And I see that driving with why he's being harsh right now. I agree. He is efficient first, you know, like he's resand first at this point. It's not about Farrah. It's about we all need to get out of here. And he's smart. Like he's smart enough to know that. And Farrah is their only hope. And she's hanging on by a thread. I feel like he's just mad at all of it because he's probably thinks that he's the only logical one Mm -hmm. and he's not wrong who understands just how important this is. Uh, You said something about him being in love. I feel like in the stories throughout Mist and Fury and then Wings and Ruin, his timeline of when he falls in love with Farrah goes farther and farther back. I agree. Do you right? I agree. <laughs> like, because it goes from, I fell in love with you, smart ass, because you were one of us, right? But then there's another time where he was like, and then your neck snapped and I knew you, I was in love with you. And then it's right. like, I was in love with her underneath the mountain. I was in love with her when she was just a human and her hands were painting things. Like, right. I've loved you since Cal and Mai. I've loved you since yeah. you threw the bone shard at Amarantha. Or, it's you like, know. careful, buddy. It's going farther and farther underage. All right. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not consistent. No. And it's like kind of rose tinted glasses when it comes to when he fell in love with Vera. I fully, fully in my whole heart do not believe that he was in love with Vera at this point. Yeah, I agree. Re-listening to season two and then reading Katie's email, Resand of Thorns and Roses and the first part of Mist and Fury is so different Yes, from chapter 55, Reese, mm-hmm. from Wings and Ruin, Reese. Mm-hmm. There is something that has changed in him as a result of his interactions with Feyre. 
or trying to work with Feyre and he's not the same person. And that's because he respects her. Because at this yeah. point, like they point out, Reese is viewing her with the male gaze. Right. And someone who has the male gaze going on, you cannot love who you're gazing at because they don't exist as a human being. Right. They're not an actual person. They're who you are deciding that they are. And at this point, he's still Reese. He's smart. He knows survival first. I agree. Yeah. And I don't even think that he's giving her motivation to get angry. I think he's just pissed off at her. <laughs> you know, like he's just being a dick. I kind of I kind of do. I think he comes down and is throwing a temper tantrum of like, all you bitches around here, y'all just and then you just get in the closet and you make out with him. What the fuck? Like, I think he's just like pissed off. Like no one here gets what's happening. Farrah's on the verge of dying and she's cool with it. She's been trying to die since day one on that book. Yeah. And she's just and that was just thorns and roses. Miss and Fury, she really tries. Yeah, that's true. And he's just like, once again, I have to carry the weight of all these bitches. He's over here, needs a massage, carrying the weight <laughs> of everyone there. It's true. The tension he must feel in his neck. He's probably broken his back several times. And not in sexy, fun ways. Nope. This message comes from Kelly. Hey, I have a theory as to why Farrah couldn't figure out Amarantha's riddle. Because before going to Prithian with Tamlin, she didn't really know what love was. She never had the familial kind of love. And then with Tamlin, it was a toxic Stockholm Syndrome kind of love. Then she experienced what real true love could be weeks after of being around Resand, And it wasn't until the end that she figured it out. I feel like a part of her knew she was meant to love Reese. Just a theory. Ha. I love this thought that Feyre didn't understand the riddle because she had never experienced love before. And little does she know she's experiencing someone falling in love with her. While she's under the mountain. While she's under the mountain. Because mm. Tamlin didn't act with love. No. He didn't act with the love that Amarantha describes in the riddle. Now, I know we said that <laughs> Resan doesn't love her and everything is different. But I will, you know, Resan cared for her. And I will say, I think he, he had the male gaze. Yes, but it was all cracking and was beginning to fall in love with her. Like, you know, just because I don't think he was in love with her doesn't mean that the seeds weren't there. But right. Tamlin didn't. No, exactly. I mean, if you think about the moment that Feyre is about to die and realizes what the riddle means. Mm -hmm. Resand is beaten and bloody and trying to get to Feyre. Tamlin is just begging, mm, right? So if God. you look at the actions that are taking place around her, that's the moment that she realizes what love truly is. You're right. You're right. And we gave her so much shit for not figuring out the riddle. She but was I, just a little dumb hoe. No. <laughs> I love this thought that it's because she genuinely didn't know what it was. No, because she was she didn't have any love. No one loved her. She didn't have anything. Oh, my God. This is so sad. All right. I do feel bad for ragging on her for that. However. No. Do what? I was just like, nope, no, however. <laughs> I was going to be like, however, Amy, why didn't you figure it out? Oh, because <laughs> I was listening to the, I don't know. I have no explanation. I was trying to figure out if it was too harsh to say that or not. That's <laughs> okay, where my pause okay. was. <laughs> uh, too funny. Our last email is from Annie. I was thinking about your point about Feyre's clothing and how it represents her level of comfort and safety, a.k.a. dresses versus pants. This got me thinking about how her clothing is described. I realized that when given a choice, Feyre is almost always wearing neutral colors when she is at her most comfortable. She is seen wearing bright colors as her uniform in the spring court and as her mask in the summer court. 
For someone who's so interested in color, I find it really interesting that she chooses neutral colors for herself. I think this may represent Feyre's modesty, which I've seen as a constant through these books. She can appreciate color, but she was never comfortable with bright colors adorning her. Where did she choose neutral clothing colors? So she typically chooses like a white shirt or a blue coat. Mm. It's very subtle. Like it's basically my wardrobe, black, blue, (laughs) white, gray. But the pinks and the purples and the greens are when she's in uniform. Interesting. Uniform being dressed up and everything. Yeah. And my my immediate first thought was because she understands that painting is an expression and she has nothing to express. I got nothing to say. Oh, rough. I'm just in here. I have nothing to tell you. That's harsh. Off the top of my head, Farrah typically picks blue or white. Mm -hmm. It's typically what she will pick. And she's very consistent in that way. Nesta's kind of the same, and I always assumed it was associated with their eye color. But I do think it's also a safe, subdued color. Mm -hmm. She wears lilac and green and pink when she's in the spring court or when she's visiting Tarquin in the summer court. And those are not things she picks for herself. It's the men in her life who are picking those things. Yep. So what does that say? It is interesting. I think I take it as she doesn't want to stand out. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'll go back to my my thing where... Colors are for statements. Colors are for expression. Mm -hmm. Colors are to tell a story. Colors are to show what you're feeling or something or other. And I think Farah doesn't need to do it beyond her painting. I I don't relate. I do not relate. (laughs) I understand. What would I do without a floral pattern? It's true. (laughs) What's the name of Wednesday's friend? Enid. Enid. Thank you. As Jack and our friends always say, Jack is Enid. I am Wednesday. Like, on 11, cranked up on speed. Yeah, to the max. Yeah. On steroids, yeah. So, I relate to Feyre. Thank you for listening to this mini episode of Book Talk for Book Talk. We encourage you to rate and subscribe to our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We would love to hear your thoughts based on today's conversation. You can submit your comments to our form at booktalkforbooktalk.com or via our Camflare voicemail system. Please visit booktalkforbooktalk.com for more information. You can also follow us on TikTok or Instagram at the handle booktalkforbooktalk. Bye.